Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening and thank you for bringing us safely together to open up and study your word. I pray that uh, you would teach us through your spirit, that uh, your spirit would be with us. I pray that uh, all that we see and do would be honoring to you uh, by, by your grace and uh, the forgiveness and uh, righteousness that's in your son. I pray that we would grow in the knowledge of you and of your uh, son, uh, that's why we're here, uh, that's why we gather together, and uh, that uh, all that we do would be honoring and glorifying to you. And so we ask these things in the name of your son. Amen. Okay, so we're back in Genesis. And quickly, go to the end of Exodus. We've been looking at the tabernacle. Didn't totally plan on it last week, but that's where things ended up. And the connections to creation. And so it is a really lot to cover. and We, we couldn't cover everything because uh, that, that wasn't the, the main plan. But I just want to revisit uh, the end of Exodus in one of these uh, summary passages, uh, there are a number of them, and we'll be able to look at more of them uh, as we continue, uh, and maybe at least by the time we get to the, the seventh day, uh, we can see how this theme of the seventh day comes up again and again, and a lot of times comes at the end of uh, the various sections we look at, uh, uh, that, that we'll see uh, throughout this section. And so... I suppose the first that we saw was through Exodus 25 through, I think it was chapter 30, could be into 31, uh, but the section breaks up into seven units uh, by the repetition of this phrase, and God said, and Yahweh said to Moses, Yahweh said to Moses. And so it breaks it up into these units, and uh, the sixth unit, uh, you have, I think there, uh, you might have talked of the priests, uh, you have those connections in various places, but there, at that spot, I think it talks about uh, Bezalel and Aholiab, uh, the, the craftsmen, uh, who are going to be working on the tabernacle uh, and uh, making it and putting it together. And so he's instructing Moses over these 40 days and 40 nights, and before the 40 days, there was a Sabbath right before the 40 days. And then after the 40 days, there's a Sabbath. And so it's 42 days, six weeks of seven days uh, each. And so this pattern of creation uh, frames Moses going up on the mountain and seeing uh, the, that he's to make this after the, the, the pattern uh, that he was shown uh, on the mountain. Uh, for the, the tabernacle. And so there's this, uh, the tabernacle uh, is a picture of the, of the heavenlies. God, God enthroned uh, in heaven and the earth is his footstool. And you have this imagery that comes up in the Psalms and uh, elsewhere, God enthroned in creation uh, and God ruling uh, over uh, the creation. And so 
it was, I think it went up on the uh, third month of the 11th day. I believe it was the 10th, but you can go back. We talked about the last time. I'll make sure to get that online. There was the Sabbath, and then on the 11th, uh, he goes up, and it would have been the first day of that week. Uh, and then, yeah, because uh, 70 days, so you have two months, 60 days, third month, 10th day, 70 days. Uh, and so you had the 10th the week of the year. Uh, and so third month, 11th day, he goes up. And then for 40 days until the fourth month, the 21st day, he's, he's on uh, the, the mountain. And that 21st day then is the, it's the 111th day uh, of the, the year. It's the sixth day of the week. And here you see these instructions about the, the craftsmen, uh, and you have these connections like on the sixth day. And then he concludes with instructions about the yeah. Sabbath. Hey, Rick, good, good to see you. And so he concludes with instructions on the, uh, the, the Sabbath. And then on the next day, fourth month, 22nd day uh, of the, the year, uh, and so that's the 112th day, uh, it's the 17th completed week. Uh, and so that then is a Sabbath. And if you keep reading on, you'll see that uh, Aaron uh, and the people, uh, they go to Aaron, uh, the, the priest, uh, and they say to, to make, make images, to make, make uh, gods for them. So he makes the, the golden calves and says, uh, this is Yahweh, your gods, who brought you out of Egypt. And so on the sixth day of the week, the 21st day, fourth month, they make the calves. On the 22nd day of the fourth month, which is a Sabbath, uh, he says, for tomorrow, there'll be a feast to Yahweh. And so it's on the Sabbath that they worshipped the gods, the idols of their hands. God made man and beast on the sixth day. They make the golden calves and they worship them on the seventh day, on the, the Sabbath. And so this theme comes up again and again. And so they just, they violate practically all of the Ten Commandments. I mean, the, the very heart of it, uh, having other gods before him, making graven images of the Sabbath. Uh, there might be implications of uh, with their rowdy feast and dancing, there might be implications of sexual immorality uh, even. But I mean, they, they just, they violate and break uh, the very heart of the covenant. And the Sabbath was the sign of the covenant, a reminder that it was Yahweh, their God, who had brought them out of Egypt, who had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, that he, he'd be a God uh, to their offspring after them. And give them the land. It, it was a reminder that he was the God who in six days made the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that are in them. And the seventh day he rested. It was this pattern of creation. He's the creator of all, all things. Uh, he's king over heaven and earth. He's the one true living creator God. There is no creator uh, besides him. Uh, and he says that I sanctify you. So just as he sanctified uh, and made holy the seventh day, 
distinguishing it from all of the other days, the other six days uh, in creation. Uh, he sanctifies and makes holy uh, his people, uh, redeeming them, taking him, them for himself as a kingdom of priests and a, a holy holy nation. And so that was the very sign of the covenant. Uh, and they, uh, they broke it in worshiping the, uh, the golden calves on the Sabbath. And so that Sabbath uh, often comes at the end of sections and that uh, transitions. And then here going to the tabernacle in chapter uh, 40, uh, there are instructions on erecting the tabernacle. And we'll, uh, some of the themes, uh, well, they appear through, through there as well. In fact, I think in that section, uh, we'll be looking at the second part where Moses actually erects the tabernacle. And we'll see this pattern after the days of creation. Now again, like in John, it's not just repeating word for word the creation account. This is about building the tabernacle. If it just repeated the creation account verbatim, just have the creation account again. And so it's, it, there are differences uh, because it's the tabernacle here, but you have, you have similar patterns after creation that come up again and again in some of the, the language. So I just want to briefly touch on it. Uh, and then we'll be looking at the third day uh, today and we'll expand on these tabernacle themes. We, we touched on a more, dealt with it more last week, but we'll be looking more in the future as well. So I won't get too bogged down. But just starting at the beginning of this chapter, I'll read quickly through this, but it's the, it's the next part that I want to see because it breaks it down a little more explicitly. I just want you to see some of the differences that will occur uh, to see some of the complex themes and ideas. It's not all exhausted when Moses sets up the tabernacle. So Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, on the first day of the... Uh, of the first, on the first day of the first month, you shall erect the tabernacle of, of the tent of meeting. Uh, and you shall put uh, in it the ark of the, the testimony. And now here, I just want to focus on, a lot of times at the very beginning with the connections, like at the first day, you'll have uh, the tabernacle as a whole. Uh, that's spoken of more generally, the framework of the tabernacle uh, as it's being uh, erected uh, that will be in the same sort of place uh, as the beginning of, of creation where you see the unfinished uh, earth uh, in its incomplete, uh, incompleted state. And then ultimately, when you get to the end of this account uh, and elsewhere, God will manifest his presence in the Holy of Holies, but it comes at the end after the tabernacle is finished, uh, whereas in creation it comes at the very beginning where you see the Spirit of God hovering over the, the face of the deep uh, in the darkness. He brings forth light apart from the sun, moon, and stars, apart from the luminaries. Uh, and there's kind of this inclusio, these bookends to the beginning of Genesis and the end of Exodus of God's presence dwelling with man, uh, and he often manifests his presence uh, in this display of light. 
uh, in the Holy of Holies. Uh, the lampstand wasn't in the Holy of Holies. It was partitioned off uh, uh, from the, the holy place, the, the sanctuary, but the, the innermost sanctuary, uh, the Holy of Holies, uh, there was no lampstand in there. The lampstand was in the, the first uh, sanctuary, the, the first uh, holy, holy place. And so God manifested his presence. Uh, and uh, you'll even sometimes talk about like a display of light and glory uh, that they saw as uh, God's presence filled the tabernacle. Uh, and he manifests. It's a, a demonstration uh, of God being present uh, with his uh, people. And so on the first day of the first month, you shall erect the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. Uh, and you shall put in it the ark of the testimony. Uh, and you shall screen the ark with the veil. Uh, now we'll be seeing that the ark is connected uh, with uh, day two uh, in the, the covering. And then you have this partition, kind of like the separation of the waters uh, in the heavens above. Uh, whereas uh, this imagery of God being enthroned in heaven, God being enthroned uh, over, over the waters, over the sky, the atmosphere above where the rains pour forth. Uh, we've seen in some of the past weeks, some of this imagery of God being enthroned in heaven. Uh, and it was over uh, the ark and over the, the covering of the, of the seat, of the atonement cover, uh, that God manifested his presence enthroned above the, uh, the cherubim. And uh, we also touched on, you see the cherubim, uh, as you get to the end of the garden and the man and the woman are cast out, they can't enter into the garden and the cherubim are put there to, to guard the way uh, back in. Uh, kind of like they guarded in the Holy of Holies. Uh, but, and so you, you have the, uh, the Ark of the Testimony, uh, and you shall put in it the Ark of the Testimony, and you shall screen the Ark with the veil. And so there's this separation, separating uh, the holiest place, the most inner sanctuary, uh, kind of like God dwelling uh, in, in the heavens, uh, then from... Uh, the rest of the tabernacle, uh, the holy place, uh, the, the sanctuary, uh, where the, the priests uh, did uh, most of their work, only going, uh, the high priest going into the Holy of Holies only once, uh, once a year. And you have that imagery like in Hebrews, Jesus ascending into heaven, into the presence uh, of, of the Father where he makes intercession for us. Uh, and he sits down, sits down at, at the right hand, enthroned in uh, heaven. And then in John, in the past, we saw that Jesus was baptized. He also had themes of light brought in uh, in the testimony of John. Uh, and he wasn't the light, but he testified of the light. But then it was on day two that Jesus was baptized in the waters below. The Spirit came down from the heavens above, uh, like a dove. Not, he wasn't a dove. <laughs> um, but uh, descending uh, upon him. Uh, and then even the, the father speaking from heaven, you, you see in the accounts of like his, uh, his baptism. Uh, and so then, uh, verse four, and you shall bring in uh, the table and arrange it. Uh, and so uh, a, lot, a lot of times you'll have connections with the, uh, the, the table uh, in the bread of presence. 
other times they'll even talk about the sometimes I think the water basins related to day three, the third part. Uh, but those can also come like on the, the sixth day in relation to the, the priests. And so you have the table of the bread of presence. Uh, you have the provision of food on the third day. Uh, there are 12 loaves uh, that were on the, the table to the north. Uh, and then the lampstand. Uh, and then let's just go down with uh, Moses. If you keep reading through, uh, that, that doesn't have all the themes in there. Uh, but uh, it continues uh, through the, uh, the tabernacle uh, and then coming to the, uh, the altar of burnt offering on verse 10. You have like the, the beasts on day six. Uh, and then uh, you also have uh, Aaron and his sons, uh, the, the priests. And they're to be anointed and consecrated as uh, priests uh, to, uh, to God. And then look at verse 16. Uh, this Moses did. So he's supposed to do this. Uh, now he, uh, he does it. So this Moses did uh, according to all that Yahweh commanded him. Uh, so he did. Uh, and so that's maybe part of the conclusion of this uh, first part, although going into the going into the second now. Uh, and then, kind of like where you have in the beginning, now it's in the first day, uh, in, or in the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And you kind of have the general, and then it's going to go through all the details of bringing the incomplete earth to its completed state. And so here you have the general uh, in the first month. You have this setting in time uh, in verse uh, 17. So in the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. So now it's going to go into the details. Uh, Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases and set up its frames and put in its poles and raised up its pillars. And he spread uh, the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it as the Lord commanded Moses. And now that's going to be repeated. It helps divide these sections up. As the Lord commanded Moses. Uh, that, uh, that repetition uh, will, will break it up in, into units. So you have the first section uh, with the erecting of the, the tabernacle as a whole. Uh, broadly, uh, verse 20, uh, he took the testimony in the second part. He took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark and set the mercy seat uh, above uh, on uh, the ark. And there's even similar language that'll be draw, drawn in. Not everything, but uh, <clears throat> like with the second day, Lima'ala, uh, uh, above. And so uh, placing it uh, above, and so you have this uh, atonement uh, cover, uh, and set the, the mercy seat uh, above on the ark, uh, and he brought the ark into the tabernacle uh, and set up the veil of the screen and screened the ark of the testimony. So now there's this separation uh, where God will be enthroned in the Holy of Holies, the innermost sanctuary, 
uh, from the, the rest of the tabernacle. Uh, and you, you have this uh, separation of the waters, and he names uh, the, the waters above uh, heavens, uh, the, the skies, the heavens, uh, heavens above. Uh, as the Lord had commanded Moses. So now we go to the third part. He put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil and arranged the bread on it before the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. So you see this repetition? And now, related to uh, the third day, now sometimes you'll, I think you'll have the water basins because these themes pop up again and again, and so they're, they're complex and varied. Uh, but uh, many times you'll see the, the table. And so you have the Holy of Holies at the westernmost uh, part, and you even see like the Spirit hovering, hovering over the waters and the separation, and you have this picture of God being enthroned in the heavens above over the waters that comes in the Psalms, and even Solomon, like when they put up the temple, he says, you know, uh, what, what is it, uh, this temple? That, it can't contain you. You know, something made by man's hands. Uh, the, all of the heavens and the earth can't contain you. You know, God is enthroned in heaven over his, uh, his creation. Uh, and so here with the whole, Holy of Holies, at least with the tabernacle, you have this uh, where God will manifest his, his presence even in a glory of light. Uh, radiant light where you have the, the west the, the holy of holies set off from the rest of the tabernacle on um, kind of uh, you see that like going into day two uh, with the ark and the veil this screen of this divider put in the tabernacle uh, and there with uh, the second part day two you have this uh, this vertical uh, orientation uh, in creation uh, with the waters below and the waters above, uh, and God will be enthroned uh, over uh, the uh, over the uh, the cover, the seat uh, of the the ark in uh, the cherubim, and so you'll have kind of this vertical orientation uh, that we'll be uh, seeing again in creation. You have it again kind of with the fish and the birds, and we'll see it with the altar of incense that's placed right outside of the holy of holies, uh, and some of that. Uh, symbolism, uh, some scholars will talk about, but you see it in Revelation and elsewhere. Uh, and I think when they offered the incense, they would pray. See it, people gathered to pray in the morning and the evening, uh, offer prayers to Yahweh, and they'd offer the incense up. And so it's kind of a picture of the prayers of the, the saints uh, going, ascending up to heaven. He smells the fragrant aroma uh, and is well pleased. And you have that like explicitly in, in Revelation uh, as well. Uh, but I think they'd offer the, the incense twice a day, like in the morning and the, the, the evening, just before the evening. But then with the third part, uh, and then like on, uh, you have the table put to the north, and we'll see the lampstand to the south, uh, juxtaposed uh, together uh, in the holy place, in the sanctuary. And there may be connections, we'll explore it more Part of the motivation for that may be, I mean, even Egypt, but Mount Sinai and ultimately Israel, where the tabernacle was brought, uh, you had, you had the, uh, the most fruitful lands that they farmed and into Galilee to the north. 
uh, into the south, you have more of these desert regions. Uh, and also they were far enough in the northern hemisphere that the sun and the moon had a southern orientation uh, during, uh, during the year. Uh, they're, they're above the 30th uh, degree north. And so the sun and the moon have a southern uh, sun rises in the east, sets in the west. Moon gradually goes in the opposite direction, west to east. But they had a southern uh, orientation. We'll see the lampstand on day four uh, with uh, the luminaries. But in creation, he made the sun and the moon and the, uh, the stars. And so uh, part of that imagery, uh, the, the placement of those things, uh, may be in relation to the luminaries that God uh, created, but also just the light of God's presence, uh, his provision of light for his people. Uh, you have uh, the seven uh, the you had seven lamps on the lamp lampstand uh, and that I mean fullness of God's uh, provision uh, presence and provision of light uh, but that too may echo the themes of of the Sabbath and creation and the six days of creation and seventh day of rest uh, but especially with the, the God's provision of light and his uh, presence with his people and so on day three, we see here related in this third part, verse 22, Exodus 40, he put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil uh, and arranged uh, the bread on it uh, before Yahweh. And it's on the third day, uh, elsewhere you'll have the water basins uh, and uh, here you have the, the table with the bread of presence. He brings forth the vegetation, the fruit-bearing plants and trees that he will provide them with uh, for, for food uh, to the man and the woman in creation. Uh, and so the third day brings the first three days uh, to a close where now you have the, the provision uh, of the food, of the vegetation, fruit-bearing plants and trees uh, that he'll give uh, to uh, his creatures, the man and the woman, uh, to provide them with food. And so uh, the bread of presence, here you have these 12 loaves for the 12 tribes as a remembrance uh, that God provides for them uh, continuously. And it's this continuous reminder of the 12 tribes, uh, think before God, but also his provision uh, for, uh, for them. And so this is to the north. Uh, in the, the holy place of uh, the, uh, the sanctuary. And then verse 20, so we, as the Lord had commanded Moses. And now we get to the fourth part, verse 24. Uh, he put the, the lampstand uh, in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps uh, before uh, the Lord. Uh, and there are places where it talks about the lampstand and light uh, and you'll have uh, uh, rhyming and, and even direct connections, some of the language that's used uh, that also falls on day four uh, in the creation. And so you go from this northern part of the tabernacle now to the south, uh, and in creation, part of that may be bound up with, uh, you have the fruitful lands to the north, but to the, to the south, uh, you have uh, the, the luminaries of uh, the sun and the moon, uh, that are oriented uh, toward, toward the south and God's provision of light on, on the earth for the people. And here, light in the tabernacle 
uh, for the, the priests and the Levites who served and ministered uh, before him uh, day and night, evening and morning. Uh, and it's also interesting, we'll see in creation on day four, it avoids the specific terms for sun and moon. But instead you'll have uh, some of the language of uh, luminaries and uh, the, the light uh, that uh, is given forth. And some of that language is repeated uh, in the parts of the tabernacle when the lampstand comes up. And so he put the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. And now in creation, at the end of each day, there's evening, there's morning, the first day. So you have repetition. It's part of it that segments each section. And so part of it, it's this theme that repeats, that helps to segment uh, each, uh, each section uh, now with uh, the Lord giving his command. And it's also kind of interesting uh, that uh, here he uses the language of command, but the beginning of each day, God's, well, as he's bringing creation to completion, uh, you'll have, uh, in unit, you'll have God speaking, uh, but here now it's a refrain about as the Lord commanded Moses coming at the end. Uh, and so here, verse 26, he put the golden altar in the tent of meeting, before the veil, and so the veil in the Holy of Holies was all the way to the to the west of the tabernacle. Uh, and you have this uh, vertical uh, orientation, uh, and here uh, burned fragrant uh, incense on it that would be offered up uh, before uh, before uh, God. Uh, and you have. Uh, you have the fish and the birds, so you kind of have this vertical orientation again on day five, uh, now with the fifth part. Uh, and in John, uh, you have some of that imagery that on day two, he's baptized in the waters below. The spear comes down on the waters above. But then on the fifth day, he says that uh, you believe, you know, because he said these things. Uh, you have the fig tree. I think he, he said he saw him sitting under the, around the, the tree anyway. Uh, and he says, you'll see greater things than these. You'll see the angels of, of God, his holy messengers, envoys, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So you have kind of this vertical orientation again. And now the altar is put before the veil. Uh, and it'll, uh, they offer fragrant incense up. Uh, and they'll also be connected with the, uh, the prayers of God's uh, people uh, that gather together to pray uh, outside the, the tabernacle as the, the priest would offer up the incense. And you can see that like in Acts that, uh, and in Luke, Zechariah goes to offer incense. It's his turn. Uh, and the people are waiting outside uh, for him to, to do it. But then an uh, angel of God appears and speaks to him. And because he doesn't immediately believe the word, he makes a mute and he comes out. And they're waiting to... to uh, to pray outside as the incense is offered up to God in, uh, in heaven. Uh, but that is still inside the tabernacle. Uh, and kind of like with creation, you know, God enthroned in heaven. Uh, but uh, as far as the fish and the birds and the rest of creation, yeah, they're, uh, they're in this creation. Their uh, birds may fly in the heavens, but uh, they, they're not enthroned above the waters, you know, like, like God is. 
uh, and so uh, they're, they're on this side of the veil, uh, so to speak. Uh, and so, let's see, uh, it's also interesting, uh, we have different references to the, to the veil. But then he offered fragrant incense on it, as the Lord had commanded Moses. And so uh, this brings us to the sixth part. Uh, he put in place the screen uh, for the door of the tabernacle. And he set uh, the altar of burnt offering at the entrance of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and offered on it the burnt offering uh, in the, the grain offering as the Lord had commanded Moses. So now you have the altar of burnt offering uh, and part of what was offered on it, uh, he has the creation of the, of the beasts and the, the animals uh, that are very prominent. Uh, yeah, you, you could have uh, different offerings of like the, the doves and, and uh, pigeons, but you have the, the animal sacrifices and uh, the burnt offerings uh, and the sin offerings and uh, on the, uh, the altar uh, outside the uh, tabernacle. Uh, and so that's on the, the first part of day, day six, uh, or corresponding uh, with the creation of the, the beasts and the animals, land animals. And here you have this uh, altar on which uh, they're, uh, they're offered. Uh, and you'll even see uh, offerings uh, that are brought before the Lord with uh, Cain and uh, Abel. There'll be certain themes and ideas that come up again. And I think the first altar that is uh, explicitly spoken about being uh, erected uh, is uh, after the flood uh, that, and then you'll have the re repetition of creation themes again. And then Noah, he erects an altar when he comes out of the, the ark and goes on the dry land uh, and sets up an altar and offers the clean animals uh, to, uh, to God. And he makes his covenant uh, with, uh, with him. And you'll talk about Abraham erecting an altar uh, at various times. And so as the Lord commanded Moses, uh, he set the, the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing, with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet. You have the creation of humanity. Now you have his priests. Uh, and the, you have the basins for the washing, for the purification, uh, who will minister uh, before him. Uh, and elsewhere, uh, when we were seeing coming to the end of 20, Exodus 25 through 30, maybe into 31, uh, in the 6th, Part you'll ha you have the the craftsmen, for instance, uh, Bezalel and Aholiab, who are to to build uh, this tabernacle and put it together. And God puts a spirit in them and uh, gives them all these uh, talents and skills for uh, for taking uh, these all the different elements and the metals uh, and the linens uh, to to build the the tabernacle with. Uh, but here now you have the uh, his priests. Uh, with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet uh, when they went into the tent of meeting and when they approached the altar, uh, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. And so now this will connect uh, related to the seventh day. 
Uh, it's kind of interesting. There, there's some differences, but you have uh, kind of two create acts of creation on day day six. Uh, and here twice you have as the Lord commanded Moses on day six. I don't think you have twice on the third part in this section, uh, but perhaps elsewhere. Verse 33, and he erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. Uh, The heavens and the earth were finished and all their host. Uh, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because of the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle throughout all their journeys. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys. But at the end of the erecting of the tabernacle, so Moses finished uh, the work, uh, that language of finished, complete, uh, finished uh, in work uh, is what you find in the the seventh day. But there it's Yahweh who finishes uh, his uh, his work uh, that he uh, he had done. Yeah, right. The cloud inside the tabernacle so Moses couldn't enter. If I recall, there's something similar to that in Revelation where the temple there is filled with smoke and they can't offer inside there as well. Is that just signifying God's presence? But in heaven, it seems like God would always be there. So it seems like there must be some other significance to not being able to enter the temple. You know, um, I'm trying to remember... Were there sacrifices offered in relation when did that, or does it just talk about the uh, the uh, the tabernacle, of the heavens being filled with smoke? I think it was I, one of the Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that and there might be sacrifices offered, but I think I I think it was related, uh, like you said, Dave, with the the thunder, uh, and you have like lightning yeah. and smoke. Yeah which is this uh, theophany imagery, which, by the way, they see similar things uh, before Moses ascends on the mountain uh, and God uh, appears uh, before them. You have this theophany uh, language uh, where we even spoke about, so it was the third month, first day, and so the you have 30 days, 30 days, first two months, 60 days, 61st day, uh, they come uh, to a Mount, uh, Mount Sinai. And then they're to sanctify themselves today and tomorrow. For on the next day, on the, or on the third day, uh, God will appear before them and speak to them. And so that was the 63rd day of the year. And now actually there's a week with the, the first a uh, sign or two with uh, the waters that turn to blood for a week uh, that extend into the, the previous year. It kind of inaugurates the, the year. And so it's actually 70th day from the plagues and the signs. But 
It was the 63rd day of the year, third month, third day that God appears to them on the mountain, which is a Sabbath. Uh, and so you had, uh, that's the, that'd be the, the ninth, uh, the ninth week, nine times seven for the seven, seven weeks. Uh, and God uh, appears to them and uh, they hear the trumpets and you have this imagery of the smoke and the, the fire. Uh, and also when the elders go to eat before, uh, before God on Mount, uh, Mount Sinai, Uh, there you then have, which I think is the next day and the fourth day, because after the, the giving of the Ten Commandments and the law, then says that Moses got up the next day. Uh, I think that'd be chapter 24 or 25. Uh, he gets up the next day and they offer the, uh, the, the offerings, the blood of the sacrifice. So the first day of the week, uh, fourth day, as I recall of the month, third month. Um, but they, they then eat before God and they, they see and talks about seeing uh, under, kind of under his feet on the mountain, kind of a pavement uh, that uh, speaks about like the lightness for uh, the, the clearness. I think it compares it to like sapphire or something like that. And so you, you have this imagery even of smoke and of fire and lightning, uh, and then this uh, this imagery of of light, uh, light imagery. And here we have the glory at the end of Exodus. You have the spirit of God hovering over the waters uh, at the beginning of creation, and now God manifesting His presence in the midst of His people. Uh, and I think, Craig, you spoke about after class in Ezekiel where the Spirit of God goes out east from the Holy of Holies, the innermost sanctuary, east from the holy place, uh, the, the inner, the, the sanctuary, and to the courtyard, and going east. And you have this imagery at the garden where they're cast out east. Uh, and then you have the... Is that the way the temple was, or the tabernacle was always facing them? Yes. So the Holy of Holies to the west, the entrance to the east. Mm -hmm. Is that the way it was on the Temple Mount too then? Yes, yep, yep. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the west, uh, the, the holiest place, uh, the innermost sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, uh, really, literally. West. Yeah, Holy of Holies or Sanctuary of Sanctuaries. Uh, that, that's uh, to, the, to the westmost. Uh, and God manifests his presence, the God who's enthroned in heaven. Now, uh, condescends uh, to, to manifest his presence over uh, the atonement seat uh, where God is enthroned over the, the cherubim. You see the imagery of like the uh, cherubim elsewhere and holy angels in heaven and God enthroned in heaven and the lamb enthroned in heaven. And so it's this, this picture. Uh, the, the author of Hebrews, I remember kind of reading where he talks about you're to make it after the pattern <laughs> you maybe kind of read that and you're like, well, I mean, he's biblical author, so he knows what he's talking about, but just you maybe scratch your head a little bit and you're like, boy, I see the word pattern and I wouldn't have thought to just think, you know, it's kind of like a blueprint, you know, an architect has, you know, a blueprint, but he kind of makes a big deal about this heavenly pattern that Moses saw 
as, as, you, as you saw on the mountain, that you saw on the mountain. <laughs> um, and so I remember, you know, hearing that, I, was like, I wouldn't think, I, I, I didn't read pattern quite like that. He wasn't kidding. <laughs> he wasn't joking. It is after the heavenly pattern uh, that Moses saw on the mountain. Uh, and you'll have this imagery that comes up with the tabernacle and the temple again and again uh, that repeats in the seven days uh, ending with the Sabbath uh, that we'd seen uh, last week. And that'll happen again where first the instructions for uh, the, the collection, the donations that they were to take uh, for the tabernacle. And then the actual... Well, then they rebel and sin. And there will be another 42 days ultimately, but Moses will go up for another 40 days, bracketed by a day on each, uh, uh, on, on each side. There will be another two days that will pass. It will talk about uh, Moses comes down on the Sabbath, fourth month, 22nd day. Uh, and then he, uh, the Levites, they slay 3,000 and they rebel on the Sabbath and worship the golden calves that they had made on the sixth day of the week. Um, and then you know, Moses uh, on the next day will go before the Lord. You know, he rises like the next day uh, and goes before the Lord. And then at, he intercedes for the people. Uh, and God strikes down those who had uh, rebelled against him with the plague. Uh, but then he asks to see God's glory and he intercedes for the people. And, and you know, the, God's promise that he would go before them uh, in his presence. And so Moses asks him, because you've promised that I've known you by name. And so God says that, you know, he's to prepare. Uh, and then on the next day, uh, he'll go in the cleft of the rock and God will cover it. And then Moses is up there 40 days and 40 nights since so you have another uh, you have another six weeks that pass uh, where you have the 40 days and 40 nights with another two that it will pass. And he comes down and you have the reaffirmation of the covenant uh, and you have the, uh, the Sabbath uh, that's commanded and instructed again. And just to show you quickly so you guys can look it up uh, later on, I go to Exodus, let's see, 34. Four, you have the tablets uh, before that he talks about going in the cleft of the rock. He's to cut out two tablets of stone. I think the first tablets, it talks about God making the tablets and giving them. Now Moses has to carve out tablets because uh, he, he broke them. When the people broke his commandments, um, Moses threw, threw them down in anger and shock and anger at the, the people. Um and he used to go up on Mount Sinai and God appears before him, descends in the cloud. And then uh, Moses intercedes for the people uh, to, that he would go before them. And you have this whole, whole section where God goes before him. And he doesn't just show his glory on these kind of rear portions as he passes by of glory. Uh, Moses can't see him face to face. Speaks to him face to face uh, as a man would speak to a friend, but he can't see his face and live. Um, uh, the Lord, uh, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, 
but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And he said, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, uh, and take us for uh, your inheritance. Uh, and then, here God promises to go before, uh, and you have the renewal of the covenant uh, with commandments repeated. And so it's kind of like you have the giving of the Ten Commandments, you have the Book of the Covenant uh, that follows that. Uh, with more specific covenants, uh, now you have uh, these uh, th things again. Uh, and he said, Behold, I am making a covenant, uh, verse 10, before all your people. I will do marvels such as ha have not been created in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people among whom you are, are uh, shall see uh, the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do before you. Observe what I command you this day. So now you have God's commandments. Behold, I will drive out before you the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, uh, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Take care, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it become a snare in your midst. You shall tear down their altars and break down their pillars and cut down their ashram. For you shall worship no other God, for uh, the Lord, uh, for Yahweh, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. So you shall have no other gods before me, uh, engraven images. Uh, you, you have uh, these things from the covenant uh, again. Unless you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and when they whore after their gods and sacrifice to their gods, and you are invited and eat of his sacrifice, and you have the sacrifices offered to idols and temples. So Paul talks about, we'd spoken back in Corinthians. So they were dealing with these problems long, long before. Uh, over, that's more than 14, 1500 uh, years. Uh, and you take of their daughters for your sons, and their daughters whore after their gods, and make your sons whore after their gods. You shall not make for yourself any gods of cast metal. Uh, you, I think that's second commandment, making graven image. Uh, you shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. Uh, well, you, you have the, uh, the fourth commandment. Anyway, we can't get into all of it. Uh, but seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, as I command you at the time appointed in the month uh, of Abib. Uh, for the month of Abib, uh, you came out uh, from Egypt. Uh, and the devotion of their sons and daughters, uh, the firstborn, uh, the feasts three times appearing before the Lord. Uh, and then go down to verse 27. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Talks about going before the host of the Lord. Uh, and the Lord said to Moses, Write these words, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water 
And he wrote on the tablets of the works of the covenant of the Ten Commandments. Uh, and then uh, it talks about uh, Moses' face shining. And so the, the conclusion of the 40 days and 40 nights in Moses' uh, face uh, shining. Uh, and I believe it was then, since was, you have two days that pass, so they worship on the 22nd day of the fourth month, which was a Sabbath, 112th day of the year. Uh, two days uh, pass uh, where Moses going before the Lord and another day before uh, then he used to go, uh, talks about going uh, to the cleft of the rock. Uh, and so the 23rd, 24th of the fourth month. And then you have another uh, 40 days, 40 nights, which as I recall would bring you to the sixth month uh, the uh, the fourth uh, the fourth uh, day, which I think again would be uh, the Sabbath, uh, because you have five months of thirty thirty, uh, 30 days each, one hundred fifty days, one hundred fifty four days, and with uh, can think of one forty uh, seven times twenty, and another two weeks. Uh, and so, yeah, so that, that would be uh, then with the, it'd be the, I guess the 40, 42nd week uh, of, of the year. Um, but uh, here then, so six month, uh, fourth day, uh, so you'd have a, a Sabbath, and it talks about Moses coming down uh, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, verse 29, with the two tablets of testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, uh, Moses uh, did, not, did not know, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone uh, because he had been talking with God. Uh, Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, uh, the skin of his face shone, uh, and they were afraid uh, to come near him. But Moses called to them, uh, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, uh, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that Yahweh had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. A lot of times you have those themes all at the end of sections, uh, bringing it to completion of God's commandments. Uh, this section of their rebellion, God's forgiveness, the reaffirmation. Uh, reestablishing the covenant. Uh, and when Moses had finished speaking with them, uh, this language of finishing and completion again, when Mo Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Uh, whenever Moses went in before Yahweh to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what was commanded, uh, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses uh, that the skin of Moses' face was shining. And Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. Uh, and you have some of those ideas of completion and such as you're coming to the end of the creation account, but then with the seventh day, uh, you have the ultimate culmination. Uh, look at chapter 35, verse 1. 
Uh, Moses assembled all the congregation of the people of Israel and said to them, These are the things that Yahweh has commanded you to do. And some of these themes were coming up with the covenant beforehand, uh, with the feasts. A six days work shall be done. So he comes down and he's teaching them about the Sabbath and the six days of work. And uh, they had just violated uh, 42 days ago. Uh, they broke the Sabbath, worshiping the golden calves. And so he, he comes down. Now, after another 40 days, uh, Moses assembled all the congregation of the people of Israel and said to them, These are the things uh, that Lord, the Lord has commanded you to do. Uh, six days a work shall be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to Yahweh. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. Uh, you shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on uh, the Sabbath uh, day. Uh, Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, uh, This is the thing uh, that Yahweh has commanded. Uh, take from among you a contribution to Yahweh. And so now you transition, you have the Sabbath, and you kind of transition from the end of this one section. God had given these commandments to Moses, and the, the instructions for the contributions and the building of the tabernacle after the pattern, uh, chapters right around 25 uh, to 30, 31. And it ends with instructions on the Sabbath, which they then break, worshiping the golden calves. And so now again, Moses comes down the mountain and instructs them on the Sabbath. Uh, he, he came down on the, the Sabbath and saw them worshiping the golden calves. And so he... Uh, takes the Levites and they go and execute the people for their idolatry. Now, after God's forgiveness, again, instructions on the Sabbath, after coming down the mountain, teaching the people, commanding them what they had just broken, God's law, and having to renew the covenant uh, that had already been made with them, that they've already broken before even taking the contributions or erecting the tabernacle. And now you have the instructions on the contributions for the tabernacle. And so it's kind of, kind of working out, and there may be sort of a chiastic structure to this section uh, with, uh, at the center, you have like the people's rebellion and God's forgiveness and covenant renewal, but then you're going back now to Sabbath. Moses well, said, receive instructions on the tabernacle and the contributions. Now he's instructing the people on the, on the contributions and the making of the tabernacle. And then they'll be putting it together. And uh, so it, it's, all, it's all interwoven together. And so you, again, go from the end of one section, the contributions, the teaching, the commandments around chapters 25 through 33. One, coming down the mountain, their rebellion, going back up the mountain, having air seat, coming back down, instructing the people on the Sabbath. Now they actually take the, the contributions and it talks about whoever has a generous heart, let him bring. Uh, and there are these themes about God putting his spirit on Bezalel and Holyab, the craftsmen. And it's God's spirit who gives people generous hearts, uh, who, uh, who moves them. Uh, sometimes we might talk about like their spirit or you'll use spirit language, but these themes show it's God's spirit who makes them generous. Uh, whereas before they were giving their earrings and necklaces, jewelry and gold and silver and uh, bronze, uh, all of these things, uh, acacia wood, linens, uh, for 
the building of, of the golden calf to worship it, to break God's commandments. Uh, now they have generous hearts to give these things uh, to erect the tabernacle to worship Yahweh, the true God, not Yahweh, their gods, Yahweh, their God, uh, the, the one and true creator God who had brought them out of, out of Egypt. And so it just it develops through that. And you'll, you'll have some of these themes that will uh, repeat uh, again and really even talk about the tabernacle and the mercy seat and uh, the bread of presence and the lampstand and the altar of incense. There it is again. Uh, the, the oil of anointing. Uh, even later talks about everyone whose spirit moved him. Uh, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians uh, that through God's prior work of grace uh, that God gives them uh, generous hearts uh, to, to give a donation where they're, they're taking an offering uh, to uh, the, the poor in Jerusalem. Paul is taking this offering. It's an act of grace that gives people generous, uh, generous hearts. And so uh, by humanity, sinners, our sinful hearts, uh, we're not going to erect you know, a tabernacle uh, to God uh, for the worship of the one true living creator God, uh, even if he's just brought us, all those people, brings them out of Egypt, across the sea and they see all the signs and the plagues and brings them to Mount Sinai, redeems them out of their bondage and slavery and provides them with the, uh, the manna uh, as they go through the, the wilderness. I think that takes another 40 days, 40 nights uh, as well. Uh, they, they rebel against him. Jesus doesn't though when he's fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, and they come here, all that the Lord has commanded us, we will do. And right away, before Moses even comes down the mountains, they, they forget, uh, they're, they're unbelieving. Uh, for we, we don't know what's happened to this Moses who brought us out of Egypt. So make for us, uh, golden, uh, make for us you know, gods who will go before us. Um, so by our sinful hearts, we're not gonna erect a, a tabernacle to God and give him true worship and praise. Uh, it's only by... Uh, God's grace by God's spirit uh, renewing and circumcising hearts and moving hearts uh, to generosity and true worship of the one true living creator God uh, that brings this about. And so uh, the, the ideas, the, the theology, the, the teaching in here about God, about his holiness, about his, his justice, about mercy, his judgment, the forgiveness, uh, it's so rich. Uh, and you can read through the, the section of the tabernacle and uh, 40 of this, 40 of that. And, <laughs> you know, eyes can start to, to glaze over and start to nod off. I remember when my sleeping disorders weren't uh, resolved. <laughs> I had a hard time. Uh, well, I had hard, I, I'd fall asleep like reading anything, but, you know, I'd have a hard time staying, paying attention. But uh, now, like, I read this and it's just like, whoa, there, there's a level of depth in here that is just mind-boggling and so that just shows you a little bit this reoccurrence of the theme of the sabbath and the tabernacle you know have you have a lot of connections and language that they'll draw on creation imagery uh, whereas 
Uh, God is the God who created all things in six days, the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that are in them. He's the God who's enthroned in heaven, uh, who manifests his presence, his provision, his blessing, his rule uh, in, in the midst of humanity and all creation. You know, that's the goal of creation. When humanity be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth as his, his stewards really ministering before, before him. Now you see localized, kind of like with the garden, now with the tabernacle, and it's going to be in the land, in the Israel that he gives to the people, in, uh, in Jerusalem, on this holy hill, and in Ezekiel, um, to get back to that point, you have similar imagery in Ezekiel. talks about, well, you have the rivers flowing out. It's on the hill. It talks about the, the, uh, the hill, uh, the hill of God uh, in the garden, uh, Ezekiel talks about. Um, and so you have this imagery where it's like a new garden of Eden and they're to bring God's word. God, God's going to manifest his presence, his provision, his blessing and rule in the midst of his people and uh, bring the uh, ultimately blessing, judgment, cursing, but, uh, but ultimately blessing to the nations and his rule to all, all the earth. And so those ideas... Uh, go back into Ezekiel, you see the spirit going out of the Holy of Holies, of the holy place. Man, the woman are out of the garden, can't enter back into God's presence. The cherubim are there, you know, they, they can't go right into God's presence uh, like in the Holy of Holies. Uh, Cain, he rebels again to the east out of God's presence. Uh, you have the courtyard and even being cast out of the camp. And they build, uh, they build the uh, well, man multiplies, but you also have like the Tower of Babel they built to the east, to the east, east, going, going east, away from uh, God's, uh, God's uh, presence. Uh, but then you have the spirit returning from the east to the west, the Mount of Olives, uh, back, uh, back in. And you even will see like in the garden that there's a river that flows out of the garden, separates in, into other rivers. Uh, in, in Ezekiel, you have this western, West-Eastern orientation, again, like with the Holy of Holies where God's pre uh, presence was manifested to the altar, uh, maybe kind of related day one, uh, six day. Um, we have this, you have this altar, but especially with the garden, and there'll be a river with the new temple that Ezekiel talks about in the, the kingdom where a river will flow to the east from the Holy of Holies, from God's sanctuary, you know, go deeper and deeper, uh, and it will flow, I think, into Jordan, but uh, then ultimately south and north and into the Dead Sea and replenish and give life to the earth. And uh, there will be trees all along the, uh, the, the sea that's de dead, the great, the salt sea. Uh, it will be replenished, and they'll fish there, going out of the Holy of Holies, God's inner sanctuary. You have that imagery with the garden, and that's what Ezekiel's drawing on, that, that imagery uh, again, with uh, uh, God's restored uh, temple. So anyway, uh, I guess we didn't get to day three, but that cements more because last week is so much to cover. That fleshes out a little more. And now we can apl apply it. We'll see, we'll see more of that as we go through the creation account and we can focus on creation day by day, uh, picking back up with day, uh, day three, and we'll make some of these some of these uh, connections over time. But also, 
I don't expect you to just, uh, just like accept all that, but it comes with, I mean, reading the text over and over, meditating on it day and day and night, you know, talking about these things as you walk by the way and in your house and lie down and rise up. You know, that scripture was written. It was something to be meditated on continually, something to be studied all our lives. Uh, and so it's not just something that, yeah, you, you'll learn, you know, your first time reading through, but it's something to be, uh, there's a lot there. It's meant to be read throughout, throughout our lives. And so as you read and read uh, and you have more background, just even, you know, reading through the creation a few, few times or, you know, over 10 dozen times, a few dozen times, you know. Uh, and then as you come to the, the tabernacle and such, there'll be kind of echoes back and themes that will come up again. And uh, they'll help you, hope helps uh, make some of these uh, connections. But again, tabernacle is not just a re repetition of, of all creation. Uh, and these things, we're even talking about, go to Revelation and uh, all of creation is God's temple uh, in the light of God's presence and the Lamb uh, giving forth light uh, at the end of Revelation. From Genesis to Revelation, this is part of God's unfolding purpose and history from the, the very, very beginning. So, uh, any, yeah, we have a little time, any questions or comments? I was going to mention, I found that passage in Revelation with the smoke. Found in Revelation 15. And there's some different theophanies where that comes Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. just read this one because I think it Good. ties in, at least I think. It says, And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God. So the seven bowls. Mm -hmm. Which is, it's kind of like priestly offerings, but with, yeah. these, with these judgments. With the, the judgments, yep. The wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the sanctuary until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. Wow. So it just, no one could enter, Moses couldn't enter. It just seems like there's some sort of a connection wow. back to this in Exodus when the temple was finished. Now, what I don't quite understand or haven't quite put together mm -hmm. yet is there seems to be something significant of not being able to enter. And I don't know if what it's talking about here in Exodus is a partial thing, because Moses went into the tent of meeting quite often. Mm -hmm. So it seems like this was more of a one-time hindrance here, and it's kind of a one-time hindrance in Revelation as well. So is that just showing that it is God's at work? in these things that are about to happen and mm -hmm. once that kind of is done then people can go into his presence or I just don't know the significance yeah uh, some some things we have the man and the woman going out of God's presence and even with Moses you have this language where Moses God spoke to him face to face you know as, as a man speaks to a friend this intimate uh, relationship in, in communion uh, with God and knowledge of God and uh, speaking with him and condescension of God. And so he'll talk about this face-to-face -face where he spoke to him face-to-face, -face, but then Moses has to go in the cleft of the rock. Uh, you shall not see my face. No man shall see my face and live. 
And so it's not the fullness of God's revelation. I don't know if some of it within the tabernacle, he manifested his presence. I don't know if sometimes, especially after the tabernacle was erected, maybe been behind the veil. But part may have also been, I'd have to look with the, because you also have like the, the tent of testimony. You kind of have a different things. One might have been temporary. One he takes out of the camp. Um, the tabernacle is maybe not fully, not fully erected, not until year two, first day. Um, I think that would have been the fourth day of the week, uh, but first day of, of the month, first day of that year. Uh, but anyway, uh, part of, I mean, God appeared to Abraham. And so he manifested his presence in a way, but there's this, there's this, uh, talked about, uh, my professor even used language of, uh, he had an article like veiled glory, where God, he condescends to reveal, but uh, it's, not the, it's not the fullness. You know, no man shall see my face and, and live. And so there's something, there's something more. And even when they go into the Holy of Holies like once a year, there, well, the tabernacle, it's just, it's just a type and a shadow. It's after the pattern. He's not going into the heavenly throne room where God manifests his, <laughs> his presence before his uh, holy, holy angels. And so there's, uh, there's something more, there's something greater. And it's with Jesus, greater sacrifice and atonement uh, in heaven that ultimately Paul even talks about, now we see uh, in a mirror as dimly, they have like a polished metal mirror but then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, uh, then we shall know as we are known. Uh, and so there's a fullness of knowledge that will come. I heard Bob talking about where part of it is true, we'll be able to yeah, complete, grow in knowledge and learning, we're finite. But there's a fullness of knowing God uh, as his redeemed people that uh, his glory, his promises, his provision, his blessing, his rule. There will be a fullness for all eternity that will never like grow or lessen uh, that then uh, we shall know as we are known. Uh, now is in a mere dimly, but then face uh, to, to face. And so it's drawing on some of this mosaic imagery, but it's greater. And Moses, you know, he saw the glory and he'd veil his face when he came down but Jesus, in 2 Corinthians, uh, he uh, talks about the very glory of God in the face of Christ. Christ is of the very glory of God. Moses wasn't. So. And that's interesting, too, because you, know, you say no one can see God's face and live. Well, Jesus was here and people saw Jesus' face. <laughs> yeah, right? So it's like... He Jesus was fully God, but that wasn't all of God. He tabernacled, he tabernacled among us. Right. And so there's, there's a veiled glory. And, and sometimes they, they see even a little more. They go up on the mountain, you know, the, the three of them, Peter and uh, with, uh, James and John. And suddenly, Moses and Elijah are there who went up on the mountain and saw God's glory. Now Jesus is radiating glory. <laughs> And they see his glory, the glory of the Son, uh, the, the, the only uh, God and the Father, the, the only of the Father. Um, the, and so there, 
he kind of pulls back the veil a little bit. They, they, see, they see a little bit more. They're kind of on quote-unquote cloud nine, you know, for a little bit, wherever that comes from. But, uh, but then they, they come, come down. And so there's, you know, there's a greater fullness uh, with the completion of God's uh, promises. So, yeah, good, uh, good point and uh, question. Let's uh, close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you uh, for all that you revealed uh, to Moses and uh, through him and your promises and how uh, you are just and holy, but also uh, merciful and graceful and that uh, you forgive sins. And if you forgave your people then, uh, how much more uh, can we boldly come before you uh, to the throne of grace uh, where uh, we have a high priest in heaven who intercedes for us a day and night. And so pray that we would remember these promises, uh, that uh, our, our confidence would be in your son, uh, and that we would trust in you and remember that uh, if we've sinned against you, uh, no, no matter how terribly that we can come uh, before you and find uh, grace uh, and, and forgiveness and, and grace in our time of need. Uh, we, we remember to prayer uh, before the temptation comes and, uh, and enduring and, uh, and uh, even uh, if it comes after, uh, I pray that uh, we find forgiveness and remember that uh, we can have that with you. And so we thank you for these things and pray that you'd uh, bring us back together to continue to grow in the knowledge of you and of your son. We pray in his name. Amen.